This is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. I'm Eric G. Coming up on this week's episode, we have more on the Trace Ford situation. Jacob Unruh from the Oklahoman wrote a great article, and I'll give you my thoughts on that and what Ford had to say. Plus, I'll tell you what's going on with the Oklahoma State portal situation overall. ESPN gives Brent Venables a D-plus for his first year at OU. I'll explain why they're wrong. Bill Platschke from the Los Angeles Times has been listening to either this podcast or my radio show. And OU and OSU fans would gladly trade places with LSU now, despite the embarrassment that program is going through. Let's go ahead and get started with this Trace Ford situation. Last week, we found out that Trace Ford, who had entered the transfer portal for Oklahoma State, was leaving Stillwater to go down to Norman. And for Doug Gottlieb, that was the ultimate betrayal. And Trace Ford should turn in his O-jacket. And hopefully, Doug has rethought what he had to say because we all say stupid things from time to time when we're in this business. And maybe Doug will actually extend an olive branch to Trace Ford, which would be the right thing to do because athlete on athlete crime is not acceptable in this situation. In fact, athletes should be supporting each other. And heck, Trace Ford, who's given everything that he has ever had physically and mentally to Oklahoma State, if nothing else, deserves to be the master of his own future. And if you look at Jacob Unruh's article that appeared in the Oklahoman on Wednesday, you'll find some very interesting stuff there that where if you're an OSU fan, it's going to make you cringe. Not because Trace Ford is leaving, but because there's problems within the program that definitely need to be fixed that unfortunately Oklahoma State may not be able to correct anytime soon. We'll start with the fact that one... Trace Ford, despite tearing his ACL or both ACLs during his time at Oklahoma State, was pretty convinced that he wasn't going to get many offers. He even thought that he would end up in Tulsa at one point. Um, It would be him and it would be Braylon Presley going to Tulsa and they would do their best to kick butt there. But as soon as he put his name into the portal, Schools like Auburn, Florida State, Notre Dame, USC came knocking on the door. And basically, it was Miguel Miguel Chavez from Oklahoma and that staff and Brent Venables continually just being diligent, calling this kid over and over again that made him decide that Norman was the place for him to be. And when Trace Ford goes into kind of the discussion on why he left Oklahoma State, this year took a major toll on him. He said mentally and physically, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he just wasn't there. He just didn't feel like Stillwater was the place. He didn't, didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. And hopefully you can identify with that. Hopefully you've been in a job. Well, okay, hopefully you've been in a job where you've loved it so much that you started out in that one place and you're willing to retire and you got along with everyone you worked at or worked with and you were able to go home and not take all the bad stuff home with you. The majority of us have been in a job where it just sucks. Even if we love what we do, you're not real friendly with the people that you work with. The people that you work for aren't exactly giving you support. And you get to that point where you just can't wait to get out of there 
And the first time somebody offers you something different that feels like a better option, you're on the first thing smoking. And that is essentially what happened with Trace Ford. And one of the biggest mistakes that was made when Ford entered the portal was the fact that Mike Gundy didn't reach out to him. That Mike Gundy didn't talk and didn't talk to Trace Ford and try to get him to come back to Stillwater and convince him that, hey, it wasn't OU that wanted you when you were in high school. It was us that wanted you when you were at Edmond Santa Fe. Don't you want to stay here? Don't you want to finish this out? And even if he said no, the classy thing to do is to give Trace Ford a hug or at least tell him, hey, look, you got my number. No hard feelings. I don't want to lose you. But if that's where you want to go and you want to finish out your career, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Derek Mason reached out because Derek Mason knew he had to reach out. When you lose a guy as prominent as Mason Cobb is in your defense, the last thing you can afford to do is lose a guy that is as good as Trace Ford. Despite all his injuries, you need that guy. So Derek Mason reached out. Rob Glass. Rob Glass, the highest paid strength coach in America, also reached out to Trace Ford. Mike Gundy, the head coach, the runner of the program, nothing. And when you're a kid, I mean, heck, when you're an employee and your boss, your direct boss, or the guy that runs the entire thing, essentially doesn't try and and talk you into staying or at least doesn't have a conversation with you, that makes you feel like, yeah, I'm pretty useless to these people. They don't care if I leave. So I'm going to go. So that's how we can identify with Trace Ford on this is the fact that essentially Mike Gundy didn't think Trace Ford was worth the time or the investment of time to try and get him to stay here. And I get where Mike Gundy's coming from. The idea of having to re-recruit your kids after you've already put a lot of time, money, effort into just getting them on campus, you've given them a scholarship, you have the hard you have the hurt feelings of wow, all of a sudden we're not good enough for you now. No, I get that. That's that's quite understandable. But sometimes you have to swallow that pride and sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do in order to make sure that you're running your program at a top level. I mean, heck, you got to do it to save your marriage. I mean, you and, and and your wife, you and your husband, your your partners. And sometimes there are times where you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Maybe you think your spouse is wrong, but you have got to be the one to essentially make sure they know that you want them around and hopefully they want you around. And when you don't do it, that sometimes your non-actions speak louder than your actions. That's what Gundy did. It was a non-action, a non-action. I am not gonna get. I am not gonna waste my time with Trace Ford anymore. He's done. So yeah, Ford Jets. And for OU fans, you better wipe off your brow and thank God right now that he didn't end up at USC because that very easily could have happened. Ford saying in the article that when he and Mason Cobb were out in Los Angeles. Lincoln Riley apologized to him, said, ah, I'm sorry, I didn't recruit you at OU, ran into Justin Bieber. He was digging L.A., but he said it just wasn't his vibe. He wanted to stay in Oklahoma. So thank God for that, and let's hope that he stays healthy throughout the rest of his career and can contribute to an OU defense that sorely needs a guy like this 
that can get behind the line of scrimmage and put some pressure on quarterbacks because with as good as quarterbacks have been in the Big 12 over the last few years, OU definitely needs all the help that they can get. And as far as the OSU portal situation goes, I'm somewhere in between my co-host Pat Jones and Jim Traber who follows us on 97.1 The Sports Animal. Jim is, he's not quite to DEFCON 1 yet, but on Wednesday on his radio show, he was asking for Oklahoma State fans to call in. And he was desperately saying that something needed to be changed. Always reiterating that Mike Gundy didn't need to be fired, but something definitely needed to be changed. And then I got Pat, on the other hand, the guy I work with, former OSU coach, who is about as Calm as a cucumber on all this, telling everyone OSU's not giving up football. Things are going to be fine. You just got to get the right kids in there, and and hopefully they'll stay. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there are problems. Mike Gundy's got to address the media better. Mike Gundy could have handled the Trace Ford situation better. But if what we're being told is true, especially about the receivers that have entered the portal, and this really disappointed me to hear this about J.P. Richardson. But apparently what we're being told is that in a situation that some of these OSU players don't want to compete and they're upset about the fact that Deshaun Stribling or Deshaun Stribling from Washington State is coming into Oklahoma State. And what you have in a situation with OSU is, okay, I don't want to compete. I'm going to go someplace else. That's a problem that's plaguing football all the way down to the Little League level. You know, you've gotten to a point where parents – Hey, my kid's got getting enough playing time on this little league team. We're going to go move him to this one, or I want him to play for this coach. Or you know what? We're just going to move school districts because we don't like our high school enough. So we're going to have our kid go play at this high school because we just think it's a better situation. Well, once you do that and you instill it into the culture, it cannot help but work its way up into college football, and that's where why you've got a system run amok. The other thing that Oklahoma State is going to have a problem with, and it's not just Oklahoma State, a lot of schools are going to have a problem with with this. And go back to the job reference on this, okay? Say you got a job. I'll just use mine, broadcasting. All right, I've always wanted to work at the ticket in Dallas. It's always been my favorite radio station. They do a tremendous job, and as far as I'm concerned, nobody does it better and those guys, you know, Bruce Gilbert did a great job there. Mike Reiner started it. Jeff Catlin's killing it. Whatever. I love that place. It's never been an option for me. I've never had the opportunity to work there. But even though I have had stations where people have taken chances on me and they've been loyal to me and they've paid me and given me the opportunity to be what I am, if I got an opportunity to go work at the place I've always wanted to go work, yeah, I'm going to take it. The money's right and everything's good. Yeah, I'm gone. You would be too. It, it's just that simple. And I, I got to think that that's what's going on for these kids across college football. You're in a place like Stillwater, Oklahoma, which is not a bad college town at all. In fact, it's a great college town. But unless you're actually part of that college scene, if all you're doing is getting up every day, going to work out, going to play, Uh, If if all you're doing is getting up from your dorm, going to the football facility, and then back, and you're eating, and you're not having much of a nightlife, 
then you really don't get to enjoy all the spoils that Stillwater has to offer. And so when you get the opportunity, you're going to Oklahoma State because they've given you a scholarship, and then all of a sudden, Notre Dame, Florida State, Oklahoma, schools like that start knocking on your door, yeah, you're going to raise your eyebrow. Another analogy, you wanted to date the freaking prom queen, and you couldn't. Then all of a sudden, she's there. You know, a lot of guys would be stupid enough to say yes and maybe leave the best thing that ever happened to them. Um, A lot of guys would do that. So that's just where we are. If you feel like you've got a better option, you're going to take it. And there's only Oklahoma State, only so much they can do to improve Stillwater. Matter of fact, they can't improve the town. They can just improve the campus and hope that the town grows up around them. I love Stillwater. But if an 18 to 24-year-old kid didn't, I couldn't blame them. I couldn't blame them if they didn't love Norman, especially if they were from one of the bigger metro areas. It's not a Gundy problem. If anything, it's a college football problem. It's a campus problem. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. All right, coming up next, why ESPN was wrong to give Brent Venables a D+. Thanks for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. I'm Eric G., ESPN did their yearly ratings of the first-year football coaches in college football. There were 29 of them. And it wasn't really a rating, 1 through 29. They just gave everybody a letter grade. Sonny Dykes, A+. plus. I mean, what else are you going to give the guys? Playing for a national championship in his first year there. Uh, good old Lincoln got an A-, and our boy Brent a D plus, which... Okay, the only reason you're giving Brent Venables a D plus, and it is a wrong letter grade, at best, Brent Venables deserves an incomplete. At worst, Brent Venables deserves an incomplete, and certainly not a D plus. But the only reason you're doing that is A, the brand name, B, you're coming off an 11-2 and season, which was a mirage, and see, the expectations are so ungodly high at Oklahoma. Well, you know, you have your first losing year since 1998. And Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley didn't do that. Obviously, you must be a failure. Not even close. Okay, Brent Venables is just getting started at Oklahoma. And yes, I'm saying some of this to convince myself because, hell, my reputation's on the line. You get into enough knockdown dragouts with friends to tell them that you think Lincoln Riley is a terrible coach or at least a terrible runner of a program, and you think a guy like Brent Venables can do a better job, of course you're going to try and talk yourself into saying that he's better. The article did mention Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams leaving, but it didn't go into Mario Williams. It didn't go into the fact that you had 40% of the players at OU um, that had never played for the school before. It didn't talk about the fact that Dylan Gabriel was, was bumping up from UCF and essentially was a stopgap measure. Didn't mention anything about the running backs needing to be replenished or the fact that any coach now, when you get hired in late December or mid-December, whatever the situation is, and you've got a a, a signing class that's got to get done that same month, and then you've got to go into the portal, you just hope everything gets done fast enough where you can cobble together some kind of roster. What happened at USC this year, what happened at TCU, that's not the norm. What happened at a school like Southern Methodist where they gave Rhett Lashley a C-plus and Brent Venables at OU a D-minus, that's more the norm because generally you're having to rebuild, which is exactly what Brent Venables was doing at OU. 
the thing that all this leads into is that it's kind of a dire situation at OU. If you just want to be honest about it, because 6-6 six and six isn't going to be good enough for anyone, and despite the guy that wanted to call me out on Twitter today, 6-6 um, six and six might be enough for the check writers to say, we'll pay whatever buyout you have for this guy because we need to move on as Oklahoma goes into the SEC. I hope that doesn't happen. I want Brent Venables to succeed. But it feels like you're pinning an awful lot on Jackson Arnold, the true freshman quarterback coming in, although that's not the worst thing in the world because a lot of freshman quarterbacks turn out to be good because they're much better prepared for the offenses that you're running now in college than they were you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So you're pinning a lot on him, and you're pinning a lot on this recruiting class, which, if you're just being honest, budget for the fact that about a third of them are going to be gone by December. You hope all this works out. Brent Venables just needs time. Give this dude time. One of the biggest positives you take from the Brent Venables administration right now is he's not making any coaching changes. He's not pinning it on anyone. He's taking full blame, which is the anti-Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley will let every single one of his assistants take the fall. Brent Venables isn't doing that. So with that, it inspires loyalty. And with that, as an Oklahoma fan, if your assistants are loyal and your players see that, and your players see that this guy not only has his coaches' backs, but they've got their back, then all of a sudden you'll start to see things build in a very positive manner. Speaking of Lincoln Riley, thank you, Bill Plachke. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for the content because you said something today that we've been saying on the Pat Jones Show for the last three years, and we've been saying on this press uh, on this podcast from day one, which is it's a culture problem with Lincoln Riley. It has nothing to do with scheme. It has nothing to do with him being an offensive genius. Lincoln Riley doesn't give a rat's ass about defense. Bill Plachke saying today in, in his article, one, Lincoln Riley's getting paid $10 million to coach defense. And as I'm paraphrasing, apparently it's not working. You know, apparently paying Lincoln Riley $10 million to pay attention to the defense isn't working. And I know what you're thinking. No, he's paid to coach offense. No, as Plachke also points out, it's Lincoln Riley's responsibility to run the whole program. And he's not doing it. He just doesn't. And for that, a guy like Alex Grinch is going to take the fall because Lincoln Riley doesn't want to pull back from the play calling duties and be involved with both sides of the ball all he wants to do is call plays, develop quarterbacks, get credit for recruiting them, getting Heisman winners, and sending them on to be first-round picks. And yes, all that is powerful elixirs, but you're in charge. You are in charge. And when Alex Grinch fails, you fail. And to just keep firing defensive coordinator after defensive coordinator, just hoping one of them gets it right, is not taking responsibility. It's a coward's way out of things. So quit believing all the God garbage hype about Lincoln Riley and and just read, if you're not going to take my word for it, read what Bill Plachke has to say. The dude has a ceiling. He has reached his ceiling. And until he decides to change the culture of any program that he coaches, the results of what you got um, with losing to Utah twice and Tulane is pretty much what you're going to get. Finally, I know Amtrak apparently runs, or at least I learned that Amtrak apparently runs through Atlanta via way of Baton Rouge. 
Um, I can't go into the detail on this because Pete would probably kill me, but there's a really good sex scandal brewing at LSU that apparently involves Keyshawn, or allegedly involves Keyshawn Boutte, and four other coaches and, and a staffer. I think it's a total of five, so I think I overestimated one. So three. So Keyshawn Boutte, three coaches, and a staffer. Hmm. And that is allegedly why Keyshawn Boutte did not play in the Citrus Bowl. Now, Brian Kelly was asked after the Citrus Bowl, would there be any staff changes? He just said that he holds his staff and his players to the, the exact same standards. God, I want to get into the salacious details of this so bad. I do. You're probably better off just listening to Two Live Crew if you really want um, the details of what's being reported. Look, I don't even know if any of this is true. I want it to be true because I've got a dirty mind. Um, whether it is true or not remains to be seen. You'll have a pretty good idea that there's some fire to the smoke if you start to see Brian Kelly fire people here over the over the next few weeks, which very easily uh, could happen. But I say all that to say this. LSU was 11-2 and two at the end of the year. 6-7, and 7-6. Seven, seven and six. For as embarrassing as it might be to have these rumors out there, OU and OSU fans would, would gladly trade places with LSU. They'll take a sex scandal as long as they get the wins to go with it. That wraps up today's show or this week's show. We appreciate you for listening. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. To quote David Lee Roth, stay frosty. And remember, please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars. Give us four stars. Tell us exactly what you think. We would love to hear that. We love the feedback, even if it's negative feedback, uh, which generally comes from Oklahoma State fans for some reason. Uh, anyway, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition.